Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's Natalia and welcome back to Unfiltered Fashion Talks. Today is going to be a different episode than what I usually do. So I've had a lot of guests on the podcast, obviously, and the solo episodes I've done have been very much just like update based and just kind of giving you guys a lowdown of my life. And those are definitely going to continue because I definitely have a lot more updates on my life out here in LA. I've been picking up random like stylist jobs here and there. So those will be fun to kind of like share about. But I want to do a few more so that I can like share more experiences all at once. But I also really wanted to make it a goal to make this podcast like a little bit more educational or maybe just have those like harder conversations and kind of bring up the facts, especially surrounding sustainable fashion because... It's just a lot and you can only say so much in like a TikTok video, which is where I feel like I talk about these things the most. And I just think there's a lot of misconceptions and just a lot of misinformation. And obviously I am no expert, but I have done the research. I will have my sources cited so you guys can check them out if anything is wrong or you feel that any information is not legit, whatever, like please feel free to reach out, have a friendly conversation, keyword friendly. But today I really wanted to kick it off with the big one, like Shein. Why is it the worst of the worst? Why do all of us like sustainable fashion girlies hate them so, so much? Specifically just them. Like obviously we're not fans of fast fashion in general, but I think that all of us really emphasize Shein above all others, even though Obviously, like Zara is equally bad, H&M, like all these other companies, but Shein is just so specific and I want to really dive into it because I think a lot of people don't understand why we hate on it so, so much, but it's just a whole other beast. Like there is nothing like it and it is crazy how much it's grown and crazy how much impact it has. So kind of want to go through it with you guys. I recently hired on a sustainable like fashion researcher so she can help me with doing the actual research for this podcast because I literally do not have time to do the research myself and to really get the facts and all the things. It's like I have the knowledge. I just like would like to cite the sources and have that figured out and obviously that's not something I can do on my own. So um, she has been wonderful and she's been putting things together for me. So I'm going to kind of go through it with you guys and talk about it and just kind of have an open conversation because I think this is a really important one to have. So let's compare numbers between like some of the top fashion brands. So Shein, obviously Zara, which is a huge popular one and H&M. I feel like those tend to circulate the most in terms of fast fashion, um, or at least within the sustainability space. So I feel like those are the three that we really hit a lot. So let's compare why we think Shein <laughs> is actually the worst of them all. So let's talk about their value. H&M is valued at $12 billion. It was founded in 1947, so it's got a whole lot of years building up to this $12 billion, which is insane business-wise like business standpoint sustainability and ethics aside really great so cool zara is valued at 14 billion so 2 billion more than h&m and it was founded in 1975 so it was founded a little bit later 
and it's valued higher. So already they're a step above. And Zara actually broke a lot of barriers within the fashion space and they were kind of the first fast fashion brand, like the first to really create a really quick turnaround system, which again, from a business standpoint, is actually so cool that they managed to do that because they ended up owning, I'm pretty sure their manufacturers, their textiles, like they owned every part of the um, supply chain to make their things go faster, which was really smart, again, business-wise. When we get to the sustainability and ethics part of it, not so much. Though I do think Zara started off okay, and I think they've just like devalued themselves so much in that aspect. Like I think their quality used to be really great. I used to shop Zara all the time before it was even popular because I was born in Spain, like I'm from Spain, and Zara's a Spanish brand, so I like grew up on Zara. Like I've always had Zara clothes before it was even like a Instagram girl thing. Um, and they always had great quality, but I feel like nowadays I went in there a couple of days ago because I was, again, doing a stylist job and I had to do some returns at Zara. And just even like walking into the store, it feels so much more cheap. The quality seems bad. I feel like they've lost their general aesthetic. Like I feel like they just really fell into the whole like fast fashion vibe. Um, but that's a whole separate conversation. Anyway, so then we're looking at, like we said, H&M, 12 billion, Zara, 14 billion, Shein, which was founded in 2008. So it has been around for quite a while. I don't know if you guys remember back in like, I want to say when I was in like late middle school, early high school, Shein was a bikini brand, like just a swimwear brand. And I actually shopped um, with them once. That was the only time I've ever shopped Shein. And I got a bathing suit from them and it fell apart within like two seconds. It was like so cheap. It was literally maybe like 10 bucks or something. But obviously at the time as a like little high schooler, I was like, oh my gosh, $12 bathing suit. And it was just not worth it. Um, but anyway, Shein's been around for a while. It's not new, um, but relative to Zara and H&M, it is a lot newer. And the crazy part is that it is valued at roughly 100 billion. Like that is the kicker. This is why we hate Shein the most because Yes, Zara and yes, H&M are also fast fashion brands. They're also huge, huge corporations. But Shein is a whole other beast. Like 100 billion compared to the, you know, 14 billion of Zara is like crazy. Like those are huge, huge numbers. Putting all that together, Shein is worth like in revenue and assets about four times more than H&M and Zara combined while having existed for less than half of the time of them. Like... H&M has been around since 1947. That's a long, long time. Zara has been around since 1975. Also, a very long time. Shein has, what, like, less than 15 years in of business and it's already at 100 billion? Like, that is insane. All that to say is, like, just the quick growth of Shein is something so crazy to look at and the fact that it's continuously growing and still getting bigger and bigger is why we hate on it so much comparatively. Um, but we're going to continue getting into it. Um, so let's talk like revenue because obviously we know as sustainability like fashion people, sustainable fashion people, I don't know what I'm saying, um, like we want less consumption. We want quality over quantity and we just don't think that you should be spending that much that much money on clothing or like getting that many pieces of clothing um, because it's just not necessary. It really truly isn't. Um, so just to give you an idea revenue wise, H&M's revenue in I believe 2019 and 2020 was about 25 billion. 
Zara's was 20 billion and Shein's was 64 billion. Again, just crazy numbers. Like Shein is just on a whole other level. Like that is about three times more than Zara and H&M. Like that is so much. And the thing is that an item at Zara is on average like $40 and an item at Shein is on average $9. So Shein is producing and selling over 28 times more than Zara is. Like, let me read that again. Shein is producing and selling over 28 times more than Zara is. That is why we don't like Shein. Like, this is why we really hyperfixate on Shein as the, like, biggest overconsumption fast fashion brand because it's just ridiculous how much they're putting out into the world. Like, not even Zara can keep up with that. And they put out stuff every two weeks. Like, it is insane. And I think that a huge point that we need to like remember is that we lived life just fine before Shein was this, you know, big fashion brand. Like people have existed and people have dressed themselves without the need for Shein for many years. So I guess like it's just hard to understand why people really, really back up Shein all the time being like, oh, it's the only affordable choice. It's the only place to get cute clothes. Like what were you guys doing before Shein became a big thing? Like, this has been, like, a newer thing within, I would say, the last, like, two, three years is when it's really exploded. So it's, like, that's not that long ago. Like, before that, I bet y'all were still dressing cute. I bet you're still trying to keep up with trends in different ways. Like, it's just totally unnecessary, 100%. And I think, obviously, one of the biggest um, arguments is always, like, okay, well, this is the cheapest option for low-income families or low-income people. And, like, yeah totally agree. But let's also think about the fact that people who are from a low-income household are not shopping at Shein like every other day, like a lot of girls on TikTok are or girls on Instagram just for the outfit or whatever. Like if you are truly low-income and you're truly trying to save money, you're gonna buy basics and you're gonna buy like, you know, quality things that are going to last you a while because you don't want to be shopping all the time. And even outside of being low income, like generally, I don't think people want to be spending their money all the time on clothing. Like that shouldn't be a norm. It should be normal to just spend money on clothes maybe once a year if necessary, but it's not even that necessary at all. I think like the key word being necessary. Obviously, super fun to buy cute clothes, super fun to switch up your closet, buy a piece for your birthday or for a special occasion, whatever. Yes, we all indulge in that. But when it comes down to like actual basic needs, I can most likely guarantee that you have a full closet of clothes that already fit you that you can use and rewear. And granted, maybe you don't because you're going through like a transitional body phase. Like if you are um, currently losing weight or if you're starting to gain weight like post teenage years or whatever, like there are times in your life where you do actually need new clothes because you're going through that type of transition or if you are pregnant, needing like maternity clothes, whatever. Like there are times where genuinely like the clothes you don't have, like the clothes you have don't favor you and you do actually need to get some. But I would say like majority of the time, you probably already have clothes that you like. And if you don't like the clothes you have, then you need to rethink how you are shopping because if you have a full closet or just, you know, a good closet with clothes, 
but you feel like you have nothing to wear you don't like the pieces you have then you need to think about like why did I even buy this in the first place like is it just because I've had it for years and now it's out of style and then you know I've did wear it a lot in the day or is it like oh I impulsively bought this last week because I thought it'd be cute I didn't try it on I don't like the way it looks on me so I'm never gonna wear it but it's just gonna sit in my closet because we've all done that at some point or another like you buy things that you think are gonna be cute you try it on, you don't really feel 100% in it, but you keep it in your closet because maybe you spent too much money on it or you're like, oh, maybe one day I'll like it. Um, but I think it just, you know, goes back to like making really good purchases when it comes to clothing and being really intentional about it because clothes are important. Like we wear clothes every single day. Clothes really do help with your mood. They help in a lot of ways. They can make you feel really good about yourself or really bad about yourself if you don't choose the right clothing. So, you know, that's also a side note. Choose clothes wisely. <laughs> anyway, back to Shein and why we dislike it so, so much. Um, so let's talk about the actual like ethics and working conditions of Shein because that's also a huge point that we always bring up within the sustainability space like obviously environmentally we talk about it because the overproduction is insane as you could tell by the numbers that I you know gave you earlier but obviously ethically it just doesn't make sense like even aside from looking at facts as somebody who like sews for a living like fabric itself is so expensive and even if you buy it wholesale buy it in bulk obviously cheaper um, sometimes buying it overseas is cheaper just because of the, um, you know, difference in cost of living in different places. It doesn't mean that people are, aren't getting, you know, paid. Sometimes it's just like life is literally cheaper, so things are cheaper. Um, you know, there's a lot of factors to it. And yes, it can be a lot cheaper. But like, how do you factor in like material cost, labor cost, and then like, you know, packaging, shipping, marketing costs, profit, all of those things into like a $5 top. Like it just physically does not make sense. Like it literally does not make sense um, because it takes time to do those things. And a lot of people like to argue that, you know, the supply chain is very automated and like people aren't the ones sewing your clothes. Like there's machines for that. No, there's not. Like, yes, there's machines that cut things, you know, like laser cut in bulk. That's really great. Speeds up the system a lot more. But when it comes to sewing, like people are still behind the sewing machines. They haven't made like self sewing sewing machines yet. Like that is not a thing. I wish it was because it would make all of our lives easier. And yeah, then we would get a lot cheaper clothing. Because, and then yeah, we'd get cheaper clothing because people want to be behind it. But like 99% of like the sewing process is currently still done like by hand slash like by people like yes you're using a sewing machine but like there's still hands going through it like there's somebody behind that machine um and that's something that I feel like people don't talk about enough because within a lot of other industries I feel like machinery really has taken over and there's a lot of automated systems for a lot of things um even when it comes to probably like shipping and you know distribution and all that stuff I'm sure a lot of big companies have really automated a lot of that stuff but when it comes to manufacturing clothing, it's really, really hard to get a machine to automate it because the fabric itself isn't 100% consistent. Like if you're talking especially like natural fiber fabric, something like cotton, every batch of cotton fabric is going to feel slightly, slightly different, like ever so slightly, not super noticeable to maybe like the human touch. But 
that's going to affect how the fabric acts and how the machine would have to be set up for that fabric to like stretch properly or be like eat like properly like taut um and it's just really a lot harder than what you would think it is so yeah all that to say is that there are people behind the sewing machines and it just does not make sense that something could be less than like five dollars ten dollars whatever um so the crazy thing about Shein is that they have really sped up the supply chain. Like, they have really popped off. Um, they're putting stuff out, I'm pretty sure, like, every single day. And I read an article the other day. I don't have it cited, but they claim to be producing in, like, small batches because they only made, I don't know, like, 50 to 100 of a certain item but they're making like hundreds of items a day every single day. So it's like, you cannot call that small batch. You cannot say that's sustainable because you're still overproducing and promoting overconsumption like no other. Like it is just ridiculous. So let's do a little deep dive on the supply chain and kind of the different steps of the way. So we start with Shein's suppliers. They find designs online and they send a pool of photos to Shein's internal buyers. Um, this is also something that we should talk about is the fact that Shein steals from small designers all the freaking time. Like they do not have one original thought ever. If it's on Shein, it's probably somebody else's design. Whether it's a knockoff of like even a Zara dress or H&M, whatever, or from like a really great independent brand, like it's probably a knockoff. Like nobody's designing for them. I swear they are just taking pictures and revamping it. So then after that, the buyer and managers kind of, you know, settle in on what designs they're going to go for, blah, blah, blah. And samples are requested within a strict deadline of three days, which is ridiculous. I personally got samples made um, a couple of months ago here in LA, actually, which I haven't really talked about because I'm not going to pull through with the whole manufacturing process just yet. So I didn't want to like openly speak about it without actually, you know, pulling through. But my samples took months to make because a we had to perfect the pattern first and then we had to go over it make sure everything was good and then make the samples and it took months granted did i go with like a manufacturer that also had other clients so i wasn't the only one yes but regardless like samples take time to perfect um and clearly with a three-day deadline you can't perfect it which is why a lot of shein clothes don't end up like with the best quality um, or just like the best fit because you just don't have time to even try to do that within three days. So any sort of sample changes will take nine days or less at all, which again goes back to why their quality and fit sometimes isn't the greatest because again, not a lot of time to really fix the problem and really make things perfect. Everything's just go, go, go super quick. Um, and just for like reference Zara has a 14 day turnaround and Shein we just said has like a three to nine day kind of process and then only a month later do new designs arrive at the customer's doorstep like insane absolutely insane that they're doing that and the thing is that they do this every single day so every single day there are new things on Shein's website that are being listed which like I can't even fathom how they can come up with that many designs or how they can be ripping off that many designs every single day, but they do it. They definitely do it. To put all that together, it takes only one month for sampling, sample adjustments, and manufacturing commencement. Shein has over 300 suppliers and factories, which is, you know, how they're able to do so, so much, which is insane. Like 300 factories is a whole lot of factories. 
And most of these suppliers have their workers doing 75 plus hour work weeks just to get this ball rolling and continue to be pushing things out every single day. They are paid about two to six cents per garment, which is a very common thing in the fashion industry to be paid per garment or per like, you know, seam rather than per hour, which people justify as in like, oh, well, that gives you like, you can make like 20 shirts in a day or like more shirts in the day and get paid more. But realistically, it's just not how it works. Um, two to six cents per garment is ridiculous. And I don't care about cost of living being lower in you know, other countries, like two to six cents is still below living wage for anybody anywhere. Like you cannot tell me otherwise, there is no way. And on top of that, they often work in extremely unsafe conditions such as windowless rooms with no fire escapes. And they work 12 to 14 hours a day and about 28 days a month, which is ridiculous. And another thing that I think we need to know is the fact that majority of garment workers, I don't know the exact percentage off the top of my head, but majority are women. And I think that a lot of the times these types of things are allowed to happen. Like they're allowed to, you know, be in these unsafe working conditions and work ridiculous hours and be paid nothing because they are women. And I don't think that gets brought up enough. And I think that's something that like every woman out there should really be against. And I don't understand how so many women out there still support fast fashion through and through and don't care about the workers and will openly say like does it matter whatever like these are freaking women like we want to uplift women and supporting fast fashion is like the last thing that you could do to support women um because like you can argue like oh well they have a job they're making money like if we quit fast fashion like they're gonna be out of a job it's like they have this great skill they know that you're probably going to end up being hired by somebody else who can actually just pay you a living wage. Like, no, it's not that easy. And yes, it would be quite the process, but I don't think that we should like cancel out like stopping fast fashion just because these people have jobs and we're going to make them lose them. Like, no, they should be treated like humans and treated with dignity and treated like freaking humans. Like, it just comes down to that. So yeah, I could really go on and on forever about like why I hate Shein so much and why you should too. And if you do have to shop fast fashion because that is the only thing that you can afford, like please just avoid Shein at all costs or only shop from them for the absolute like necessity of it. Like don't just shop there for fun. Not worth it. Not worth it at all. So Christine, who is doing my fashion research, um, put in a little bit more info at the end of this document. So I'm going to go through that really quick as well, just to add more value into this little podcast. So Shein's valuation is as valuable as Elon Musk's SpaceX, which is $100 billion. Like, can we talk about that? That is insane. The fact that it's valued the same as freaking SpaceX, but it's just a like really crappy fashion brand ridiculous and going back to the ethics of this whole thing and the workers which we were just talking about i didn't see this little thing earlier but 5.6 out of 100 workers get injured in the fast fashion industry per year which is about 1.4 million injuries worldwide per year and around 27 million workers in fashion supply chains worldwide are suffering from work-related illnesses and diseases that is insane 1.4 million injuries worldwide per year and 27 million workers suffering from work-related illnesses and diseases, which is something I didn't touch on really, but 
something that the fashion industry is also known for is using a lot of toxic chemicals and dyes and a lot of synthetic materials that are really toxic to the workers. So think of them using, you know, really big dye baths and having to breathe that in all the time. Like you're going to suffer illnesses from that. And here is a little quote on why Shein's supply chain is different. What separates Shein is the responsiveness of its supply chain. A vast network of loyal and agile dingy workshops around Guangzhou, a major metropolitan in South China where most of its operations are. The company tests a great variety of cheap clothing in small batches, and if data shows that something is selling well, it quickly places more orders with those suppliers to sell even more. This demand-driven approach allows Shein to maintain low inventory costs. So again, if you're stepping outside of the world of ethics and sustainability and just looking at it business-wise, I think what they've done and managed to do is incredible like truly incredible. They have really like shortened the supply chain. They have found a lot of efficiency in how to run their business. And obviously it's doing really well. It's grown so much, but at what cost? That is always the end all be all question of this is like, all this is great, but at what cost? Like who's getting cut from this? Who's getting hurt from this? And who isn't benefiting from this? Because I think that's how we should really think about it. It's like, surely it benefits, you know, all the, you know, teenage girls that love Shein and want to dress cute on a budget. But is that worth all the workers overseas being mistreated and getting work-related illnesses and injuries and just being paid crap? Like, I just don't think that it is absolutely necessary to put yourself dressing cute above all the other issues that it creates. And like, I'm all for everybody like dressing cute and like, you know, feeling yourself, expressing yourself through clothing. That's something that I've always loved, continue to love and will always love. And I really do value it. I think clothing is really important. But I think at a certain point, we really do have to like think about our priorities, think about what we truly value as like humans and as people. And we need to always think of the people on the other side and put ourselves in their shoes and just think about it. Like, I just think that's food for thought. And I think that if you are a fast fashion shopper and you're looking into sustainable fashion, it's not always going to be a quick linear path of like, oh, well, I officially stopped shopping fast fashion. Now I'm sustainable forever. Because for a lot of people, it isn't that easy. And Some people really do truly have like addictions to shopping and fast fashion and it's really hard to overcome that. My camera recording just automatically stopped so I had to stop for a hot second, was not paying attention. But I really don't recall what I was saying. I think I was somewhere along the lines of don't be so hard on yourself if you are making that switch because it's a lot of information to intake and it's just a lot of food for thought. I think that's how I like to see it. It's just like, you know what? I'm not going to tell you how to live your life. I'm not going to tell you what to spend money on, what not to spend money on. I'm not going to shame you for it unless you're doing $500 to $1,000 uh, Shein hauls. I will shame you for it. Aside from that, no shame. It's your life. You do you. But if you really value people, if you really value women, if you really value the earth that we live on and this life that we get to live, I think you just have a lot of food for thought and you have a lot of things to think about. And I think that you should really think about what you're supporting, what you want to support, what you want to put your money towards, how you're voting with your wallet, and just what your priorities are. So 
all of that to say um thank you for listening i hope you guys enjoy this episode let me know if you want more educational type episodes it's something that i do really want to push for especially just because you know at some point you do run out of guests and i also need to just do more solo episodes here now here and there so i kind of want to lean towards that but yeah i feel like i could do a million deep dives on Shein and why i think it's so awful but hopefully this gave you a good overview of why a lot of people within the sustainability space especially hate on Shein more than any other fast fashion brand. Anyway, thank you guys for listening. Don't forget to follow the Unfiltered Fashion Talks Instagram and our TikTok and our YouTube if you're not already watching it on YouTube. Go ahead and check that out. It will be in the description so you guys can, you know, go check it out. And yeah, I will see you guys in the next one. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.